Welcome. In this episode of How We Got Here, we're going to look at some fascinating Christmas history, such as where did the Christmas tree come from? We're all familiar with St. Patrick, who left Britain to evangelize the heathen Druids of Ireland in the 5th century. But in the 8th century, St. Boniface left Britain to evangelize the heathen German tribes in Europe. Boniface, also called Winfred, was from the area of Credenton, Devonshire in England. He went as the apostle to the Germans with the blessing of Pope Gregory II. Boniface told the clergy in England before leaving that he was called to seek to obtain by your prayers that our God and Lord Jesus Christ, who wills that all men should be saved, may convert the hearts of these heathen Saxons to faith, that they may be delivered out of the snares of the devil. The Germans worship Thor, the pagan god of thunder, who they believe lived in the huge Donner oak tree at Geismar. Thor is the namesake of Thor's Day or Thursday. Since he was a pagan god, Quaker Christians did not use his name, but instead called Thursday Fifth Day. Another pagan German god was Odin or Woden, for whom Woden's Day or Wednesday is named. Quakers did not want to mention his pagan name, so they called Wednesday Fourth Day. In 722 AD, 10 years before Charles Martel stopped the Islamic invasion of France at the Battle of Tours, St. Boniface marched deep into the German forest. He reached the Germans just in time to interrupt their pagan ritual. Supposedly, the pagan chieftain Gundhar was about to offer little Prince Asluf as a human bloody sacrifice to Thor, who lived in a big oak tree. Boniface took an axe and began chopping down Thor's oak. Some yelled for him to stop, but others responded that if Thor were really a god, he could protect his own tree. This is similar to the book of Judges, chapter 6, when the Lord told Gideon, throw down the altar of Baal and cut down the grove that is by it. As Boniface was chopping down Thor's tree, by some accounts, an enormous wind helped blow it over. The heathen throng was awed, rejected their defeated pagan gods, and converted to Christianity. Henry Van Dyke who was appointed by President Woodrow Wilson as ambassador to the Netherlands and Luxembourg, wrote a book in 1906 titled The First Christmas Tree, in which he gave this rendition. The day before Christmas in the year of our Lord, 722, through the wide force that rolled over the hills of central Germany, at the head of the band marched Winfred Boniface. Courage, brothers, and forward yet a little, this Christmas Eve, for this is the Yuletide, and the heathen people of the forest have gathered at the Thunder Oak of Geismar to worship their god Thor. We are sent to lighten their darkness, and we will teach our kinsmen to keep a Christmas, Christmas with such as the woodland has never known. Henry Van Dyke continued, A great throng of people were gathered about it in a half circle, answered Winfred from England beyond the sea have I come to bring you a message from the All-Father, whose servant I am. Worship not the false gods, for they are devils. Offer no more bloody sacrifices. Winfred beckoned to Gregor. Bring the axes, thine and one for me. Now, young woodsman, show thy craft. The king tree of the forest must fall, and swiftly, or all is lost. The two men took their places facing each other, one on each side of the oak, their cloaks were flung aside. They grasped the axe heaves and swung the shining blades of the axe heads glittered in their rhythmic flight like fierce eagles circling about their quarry. The broad flakes of the wood 
flew from the deepening gashes in the sides of the oak. The huge trunk quivered. Then, the great wonder, out of the stillness of the winter night, a mighty rushing noise sounded overhead. A strong, whirling wind passed over the treetops. It gripped the oak by the branches and tore it from its roots. Backwards it fell like a ruined tower, groaning and crashing as it split asunder. Winfred answered, This is the word, not a drop of blood shall fall tonight, for this is the birth night of Christ, Son of the All-Father and Savior of mankind. The dark Thor on whom you vainly called is dead. Deep in the shades of Niflheim, he is lost forever. His power in the world is broken. Will you serve a helpless God? See, my brothers, you call this tree his oak. Does he dwell here? Does he protect it? And here, said Winfred, as his eyes fell on a young fir tree, standing straight and green, with its top pointed toward the stars amid the divided ruins of the fallen oak. Here is the living tree with no stain of blood upon it. That shall be the sign of your new faith. See how it points toward the heavens. Let us call it the tree of the Christ child. The day is coming when there shall not be a home in all Germany where the children are not gathered around the green fir tree to rejoice at the birth night of Christ. Winfred, or St. Boniface, founded the Benedictine Monastery in Fritzlar, Germany. And outside the beautiful St. Peter's Church, there is a statue of St. Boniface standing on a stump of a large oak tree, holding an axe in one hand and a church in the other, memorializing how he brought Christianity to the Germans. Tertullian, a second-century Christian theologian, also encouraged believers to reject heathen gods, saying, you are a light of the world, a tree evergreen, if you have renounced the temples. The evergreen tree, also called cedar or fir tree, therefore represented Germans converting to Christianity. In a similar way to St. Patrick, who used the three-leaf clover to teach Irish about the Trinity, three in one, St. Boniface is said to have used the evergreen tree's triangular shape to explain the Trinity. For centuries, Germans hung the triangular-shaped evergreen tree from the ceilings of their homes in, as a Christian symbol. An article in Christianity Today, August 2008, commented, Legend has it that he used the triangular shape of the fir tree to describe the Holy Trinity of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The converted people began to revere the fir tree as God's tree. By the 12th century, it was being hung upside down from ceilings at Christmas time in Central Europe as a symbol of Christianity. Martin Luther, who began the Reformation in 1517, is credited with popularizing the tradition of putting lights on the tree. In 1520, Martin Luther was walking home on Christmas Eve under the cold December sky and noticed the countless stars illuminating the night. Luther returned home and to the delight of his wife and children, set up an evergreen tree, placing a great number of small candles on its branches. He put a nativity crest seen under the tree so that the lights would appear as the stars above Bethlehem on the night of Christ's birth. The nativity was an addition of St. Francis that he had added at Christmas season back in the 1200s. Luther 
could have been also inspired by Jews who put candles in the windows to celebrate Hanukkah, a tradition they had been doing for nearly 17 centuries, since 165 BC. Martin Luther added something else. He thought saints' days were a distraction from Christ, so he ended them in Protestant countries, including the popular St. Nicholas Day. But the Germans liked the gift-giving associated with it, so Luther moved all the gift-giving to December 25th and said all gifts come from the Christ child, which in Old German was pronounced Chris Kindle. Over the years, Chris Kindle got pronounced Chris Kringle. Christianity grew to be the largest religion in the world. According to Pew Research 2015, approximately a third of the world's population is Christian. Christmas Day, therefore, could be considered the most celebrated religious holiday on the planet. Many significant events happened on that day. In 496 AD, Clovis, king of the Franks, was baptized into the Christian faith with 3,000 of his soldiers on Christmas Day at Reims, France, by Saint Remigius. The name Clovis evolved into Louis, which was the name of 22 French kings. In 567 AD, a controversy was solved. In Western Europe, Christmas Day was the holiest day. But in Eastern Europe, they celebrated Epiphany, January 6th, as the holiest day, when the three wise men visited baby Jesus and he was revealed to the world. The decision was made at the Council of Tours in 567 AD to make all 12 days, from December 25th to January 6th, the 12 days of Christmas. So the 12 days of Christmas are not actually the 12 days leading up to Christmas, but the 12 days between December 25th and January 6th. They called them Holy Days, which eventually became pronounced Holiday. On Christmas Day 597 AD, 10,000 Anglo-Saxons were baptized in England on the banks of the Swallow Sea Inlet between the island of Sheppey and Kent by St. Augustine of Canterbury. On Christmas Day in the year 800, Charlemagne was crowned Holy Roman Emperor in St. John Lateran Church in Rome, Italy. His grandfather, Charles Martel, had stopped the Muslim invasion of France in 732 AD. On Christmas Day in the year 1066, William the Conqueror was crowned King of England at Westminster Abbey in London. On Christmas Eve in 1492, Columbus's ship, the Santa Maria, ran aground on the island of Haiti. He left 40 sailors, named the settlement La Navidad. On Christmas Day evening, 1776, George Washington crossed the Delaware and won the Battle of Trenton, New Jersey. The War of 1812 was officially ended by the Treaty of Ghent, signed on Christmas Eve, 1814. President John Quincy Adams, Adams stated, in Newburyport, July 4th, 1837. In the chain of human events, the birthday of the nation is indissolubly linked with the birthday of the Savior. It forms a leading event in the progress of the gospel dispensation. In 1829, the first U.S. ambassador to Mexico, Joel R. Poinsett, he brought back a plant called the Flower of the Holy Night, Flores de Nochebuena. The legend is that in the 16th century, a poor girl named Pepita or Maria was wanting to bring a gift to church for the celebration of the Nativity of Jesus. She knelt and prayed along the roadside and the crimson blossom sprouted up. The shape symbolizes the star of Bethlehem and the red color represents the crucifixion. Ambassador Joel Poinsett brought the plant back to his farm in South Carolina and planted it 
giving rise to it being named after him, Poinsettia. In 1836, the state of Alabama became the first state to officially recognize Christmas Day as a holiday. Eventually, every state recognized Christmas Day as an official legal holiday. The German tradition of trees came to England in 1848 when Queen Victoria and Prince Albert had an engraving of the royal family at Windsor Castle celebrating around a Christmas tree. In 1856, President Franklin Pierce put up the first Christmas tree in the White House. In 1862, President and Mrs. Lincoln visited soldiers in Washington, D.C. hospitals. On Christmas Day in 1864, Lincoln gave a Christmas reception at the White House. Christmas Day 1914, there was an unofficial Christmas truce during World War I between German soldiers and British, French, Dutch, and Belgian troops. In 1944, during World War II, over Christmas, General Patton's Third Army came to the rescue of the town of Bastogne during the Battle of the Bulge. On Christmas, December 24, 1946, President Truman, who had lit the national Christmas tree, said, the message of Bethlehem best sums up our hopes tonight. If we as a nation and other nations of the world will accept it, the star of faith will guide us into the place of peace as it did the shepherds on that day of Christ's birth long ago. In 1968, as the Apollo 8's three-man crew circled the moon and looked down on the earth from 250,000 miles away, on Christmas Eve, Commander Frank Borman radioed back a message quoting from the book of Genesis. We are now approaching lunar sunrise, and for all the people back on Earth, the crew of Apollo 8 has a message that we would like to send you. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. He went on to finish the chapter, and then Frank Borman ended by saying, and from the crew of Apollo 8, we close with good night, good luck, a Merry Christmas, and God bless all of you, all of you on the good earth. President Ronald Reagan stated, 1983, Christmas is a time to open our hearts to millions forbidden the freedom to worship God who so loved the world that he gave us the birth of the Christ child so that we might learn to love. The message of Jesus is one of hope and joy. I know there are those who recognize Christmas Day as the birthday of a wise teacher. Then there are others of us who believe that he was the Son of God, that he was divine. Clarence Mannion was the dean of Notre Dame's College of Law. He was appointed by President Eisenhower and wrote a book in 1951, Keys to Peace, which sold millions of copies. Clarence Mannion wrote, The long march of measured time suddenly stopped and it did an about face and started to march in another direction and to a different drum straight through the ensuing centuries of Christ and Christendom. B.C. before Christ and A.D. Anno Domini, the year of our Lord, mark each one of the only reliable milestones along the path of world history. The end of the first time chain and the beginning of the second came together on the night that Christ was born in Bethlehem. 
The first Christmas day thus stands as the great divide for the timing and recording of all people and things and events that have lived or taken place upon this earth. The one place on the long, long trail of time where the magnetic needle of history stands vertical and points up. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of How We Got Here. Merry Christmas.